Hi, everyone. We are live. We're just right at halftime here of a pretty exciting uh, Chargers and Chiefs game for Thursday night. And we are uh, getting underway with a our weekly Viking hot take show. Of course, uh, we have uh, a guest here. We ha- we're doing a, a special crowd episode here uh, uh we're, we borrowed uh matt freese from uh kindred skulls podcast in place of flip who had a i believe a holiday party for for work so uh it is myself eric thompson and matt and we are going to get underway with viking hot takes over to halftime isn't he yeah just, uh, awesome glad to be here eric. how are you doing i'm doing great and are we uh dave are we doing the the pre-roll yeah we're going to do the pre-roll but is it flip at uh nakatomi plaza Yes, I think that's his Christmas party. He's going to be crawling around the bed somewhere. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Yeah, let's roll it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, as long as we can have Dave uh, put the, the 20 minutes up. Anyways, uh, looks like we had a little tef- technical difficulties with the, with the rollout today. But uh, again, I am Eric Thompson. Usually uh, I'm on the right side of the screen, but today I'm on the left because uh, Flip is out at a Christmas holiday party uh, for work. And we got the very knowledgeable Matt Fries in his place today. Uh, usually you'll see him on Kindred Skulls podcast. So you guys know the drill by now. Uh, we're going to put 20 minutes on the clock. We're going to have the the three questions each, and we're going to and we're going to uh, head out and until we get there. So okay, the first question I have for you, Matt. There are a lot of free agents, and a lot of them are getting old now uh, on the Vikings here. Would you re-sign any of the defensive free agents that are 30 or over right now? And again, the, the five main options we have are Anthony Barr, Patrick Peterson, Sheldon Richardson, Bashad Breland, or Everson Griffin. Yeah, so I, I think I would approach this question two ways. Uh, the first way is if we kind of overhaul our staff uh, this offseason and kind of overhaul the team, right? Because obviously there's a lot of talk about Zimmer and only getting fired. I think... In that case, it's not very interesting because I would want to got, go into kind of a rebuilding phase and you'd want a youth mm-hmm. movement in that point. So I wouldn't end up resigning any of them. But with the assumption that we are keeping it and we're trying to make another run next year, right? That's where you get interested in these 30 plus free agents. Um, I really think Barr is an important piece of Zimmer's defense. Uh, we saw what it's like without him in the lineup for a number of weeks this year. And the defense really struggled in a, in a number of facets. Like he's the green dot. He's the one calling the plays, getting the alignments. Uh, the lions came, the linebackers were all out of sort without either him or Kendricks in there. That was a huge issue for us. I, I think he's an important piece. If we want to keep the continuity on defense to keep around, obviously as the void year, he might want more money, but given his injuries this year and given the status of his knee, I don't think he's going to actually command that much in free agency if he hits the market. So it might make sense for him to come back where it's familiar. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I think, has played great this year. I think he's well exceeded expectations. And he's another guy I'd like to see come back. Uh, Everson Griffin on the third piece, I don't think we have the defensive end depth to really cover for him. So if he wants to continue playing and obviously – you know, we don't know what his status is, hope, right. hoping for the best for him with his mental health situation. 
but we don't know what his status is or whether or not he'll want to keep playing. If he does want to keep playing, the way he's played so far this year is a great rotational depth piece, and I think we should continue with that. Breland just hasn't played well enough to justify it for me. I, uh, unfortunately, I like the signing at the time, but he just hasn't played well. And Sheldon, um, you know, he's been good rotational depth. He's filled in great at defensive end, but given that we have Pierce and uh, Tomlinson under contract, and then we also have Watts, who's come along in three technique, it kind of is a pass rusher. I don't think it's really worth it to re-sign him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, with Breland, I just don't see it. Apps, I, that's that was a, a at the time again. I was with you. I, I thought it was a pretty good signing. That just hasn't panned out. Griffin, I just I I feel like I just have my doubts that, and it's not really for anything on the field. I think he definitely still has something left on the tank, and I love Griff, but there's probably too much risk on, for both sides on that point. But of course, that could change uh, if he gets the help he needs and he feels like he's in a good spot. Maybe they revisit that. Um, yeah, uh, Bar and. Uh, Peterson just for their their leadership and I think this is this side of the ball is going to go through a lot of changes regardless of whether or not the the coaching staff gets overhauled because all of these short-term deals that the Vikings brought in so I wouldn't mind keeping a player like Barr and Peterson again if the price is right because I it's Barr with his knees and everything and I mean he if if he seems like one of those guys that's in his late 30s rather than just turn just turn 30 if if his body is really just kind of starting to fail him then maybe the Vikings move on from him and Peterson just to have that leadership because I think there are going to be a lot of new faces in the in the cornerback room just to have him um even if his play has slid a little bit and again I don't think he'll probably command another 10 million dollars on the open market so I would I would definitely try to keep uh, Barr and Peterson around the other three. I, I pretty much have my doubts. So what's your first question for me, Matt? Uh, yeah. So my first question here is, would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields right now? Right. We're playing the Bears this week. You know, which of the two quarterbacks would you like for the Vikings franchise? Well, I mean, right now, I don't think there's any really debate that Kirk Cousins is playing better than Justin Fields. I mean, it's been a pretty rocky year overall I think for the rookie and within injuries and inconsistent play and <laughs> the the a lot of Bears fans I think would kill for the Mike Zimmer pro- coaching problems that the uh, compared to what Matt Nagy's been doing to the Chicago Bears but um you know he's shown flashes of brilliance here and there that's for sure he's made some real wow plays but I, I don't think there's really much of a debate right now you know that Kirk Cousins he's our favorite subject to debate on Vikings Twitter but even his most ardent detractor I think would probably have to admit that he's playing better football right now but of course going forward I think that's a much more interesting question and that's a probably a, a better debate because I mean quite the Cousins has, I think it was, it's 45 million, right? That's his current cap number for 2022. Yeah, 45 million next and, year, and we can we can only get rid of 35 mil with because yeah, he's got that, 10 mil dead cap. That is that is a lot of money, and Justin Fields comes in at under 10 percent of that. I think it's 4.2 or something like that in the second year of his rookie deal. So if you're comparing that going forward, I think um, that's you know, in assuming Chicago overhauls their coaching staff next year. Sky might be the limit with Fields. I, you know, I wouldn't say that he's shown that he's a sure thing by any means because just the, the sample size has been pretty small and the play has been up and down when he has been out there. But if you're building for your future, I mean, the financials and the potential 
make it tough to pick Cousins, I think, for the long haul because Cousins is, you know, in his, he's not as, he's been in the league for, you know, eight, nine years now. And, but if you're, again, if maybe if a team is, thinking you know they're just a quarterback away in 2022 and they have the cap room and they they might make a trade i mean sure maybe you'd go for cousins because i think cousins will probably be overall a better quarterback next year but if you're looking for anything past that i think you have to choose fields yeah i i think for the vikings if you could trade them one for one and you know you don't have to worry about the contract implications or rather the contract implications get flipped for the vikings moving right. forward i would prefer justin fields because you know, we're up against the cap at its $208 million next year. We have a bunch of free agents that are impending, especially when we talked about the defense, all those guys who are starting on one-year deals. Um, and I've really liked Fields as a prospect. I think he's shown a ton of flashes this year that make sense. And the Vikings have been kind of spinning their wheels with Kirk for the past four years, right? We've been right. okay, but we really haven't been a good team. And we're certainly not one of the elite teams in the NFC with him as our quarterback. And his contract's going to continue to handicap us if we keep it around. So I, I the answer is Fields for me if I had the choice between the two. Yeah, I mean that's it's a lot more exciting, I think, that at the very least, because I think that you we kind of know what we have in Cousins, and that, and this might be the ceiling that the Vikings have under Cousins, and with the with the cap implications of his salary and all the different pieces that are going to have to be in place next year, it's it's hard to see the Vikings doing better with Cousins going forward. All right, so my second question: Speaking of 2022, should the offensive line? Next year, be from left to right here, Derrissaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, Cole, and O'Neill. And why or why not? Uh, yes, this is a resounding yes for me. Uh, outside of being picked up a top-tier player in free agency, I think based on the players we have on the roster, this is the answer that we have right now. Um, Derrissaw, obviously left tackle of the future. Unfortunately, he's been injured. Cleveland has definitely played well enough to retain his spot, and obviously we've locked up Brian O'Neill long-term. The question then becomes Bradbury and Cole in the middle. Um, I really right. like the Bradbury Cole combination. I was I've been pushing for that for weeks since Bradbury was able to come back because Udo was not doing the job at right guard. He had a couple nice games, but he's been really struggling since then. Cole played okay at center. I think Bradbury. But first of all, in the last two games, Bradbury's played great. But even before he came back, I thought Cole's play at center was kind of comparable to Bradbury's earlier in the year, um, which is to say, not great, but still you know, a solid startable player, especially compared to what we've seen in the past and compared to what we'd seen from Udo. So I love what's happened the past couple of weeks. I'd love to bring Mason Cole back and he can be swing depth or he can play on the interior there. Um, in terms of picking up Bradbury's fifth year option, question just came through from Dave there. Yeah. Uh, I probably would not just because it's quite expensive for him and if he's going to be a middling center you can hopefully get him in on an extension for less than that if he plays well in his fourth year yeah i I've, i'm thinking i'm with you there i think that lineup the one we listed here it's just fine and the fact they're all young the, the oldest one on yeah. that line is bradbury a guy going into his fourth year on his rookie deal uh he's 26 Six. Uh, I think O'Neill's also 26 a few months younger. Derrissaw's 22. Uh, Cleveland's still 23. And Cole's still only 25. And yeah, like Bradbury isn't great, but he's being on the fourth year next year of a rookie deal, that's extremely affordable. And, it, you know, you can make him prove it. If, unless he really plays lights out in his fourth year, you still have all of next season to make that decision on the fifth year extension. 
And, um, you know, it, it won't be the, the 80s Redskins or the 90s Cowboys teams with the offensive line. But, I mean, with so many other areas that this team is going to have to address in the offseason, you could certainly do worse than that that starting five. And, you know, if you have to deal with Udo or maybe bring Hale back, you know, again, for uh, a spot start here and there, that wouldn't be the end of the world. But I think that's a pretty solid starting lineup. And just having the the offensive line as not being actively terrible and not being one of the sore spots on the team. I, I think we're seeing a little bit of that this year, that there's still some definite pass blocking issues, I think, overall. That, you know, if it's been such a sore spot for so long, I feel, you know, like uh, every time, like, uh, I joke with Courtney uh, Cronin that, that she, you know, every preview is like, well, the Vikings have a lot of talent on their team, but the offensive line could be their Achilles heel. I feel like she's written that season preview ever since she, she started the Vikings beat. So it would be, I, I'm a okay with that because that leaves some wiggle room for uh, the places that they will have to address next year. Yeah. And one quick note, Wyatt Davis, I know people were probably going to bring him up. Um, right. I, I just don't, he's obviously not ready yet. The team clearly doesn't think he's ready yet. So I, I think that's more of a wait and see. And if he's able to surpass the guys, fine. But at this point, I, I wouldn't expect it. Um, so sure. rolling into my second question, uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said, if you were the two seed, the Vikings are the team you would least want to play as a seven seed. So of the teams that are vying for the seventh seed, there are like five teams in the NFC that are six and seven right now. Do you think the Vikings are the most dangerous? That'd be the Saints, Falcons, uh, Eagles, and football team, I think. Yeah, I mean, out of that group, I think, they, they, yeah, they have to be. I mean, just because the Vikings, if they've shown anything this year, is you have to sweat it out because they aren't going to play a multi-score game. They haven't done it since week three on either side of the ball or either side of the win or loss. And they just seem to play to their level of competition week in or week out. I had tweeted earlier this week, it's it's so 2021 Vikings. They have beaten the team that has the best record in the league right now, the Packers, who are the number one seed in 10-3. and three, And mm-hmm. they've lost to the team that has the worst record in the Lions. They're, they gave Detroit their only win of the season so that's i mean again that's definitely a possibility they get to the playoffs and all of a sudden everything just kind of falls apart and they get beat by a better team but when you're looking at i mean the saints are they have so many holes and so many injuries and the eagles they're they're an interesting team and when they if they got an early lead i could see them using their running game to maybe make it really tough on a team and football team i mean Heineke's a nice story and everything, our, our old buddy, but I, I wouldn't be too afraid of them unless for some reason they play the, the Buccaneers pretty close all the time. Maybe if the Bucks were the second seed, I'd be slightly nervous compared to the what the Vikings. But yeah, like with those teams, the only other team in that mix, I think, um, is the 49ers just because they're such a weird matchup. They're with If they have all their offensive weapons healthy, they can be an absolute nightmare for other defenses. But I think they're probably going to end up probably the sixth seed at worst, the way that the yeah. NFC is kind of shaping up right now. I think they'll be just fine. They'll probably be playing the the third or the fourth. They might even sneak into the fifth seed the way that they're playing right now. So out of that group, yeah, I don't think you really want to see the Vikings. If you're, you know, whoever the Buccaneers or the Cardinals or the uh, the Packers, if they end up with that second seed, it's because it's going to be, it, it, it's not going to be fun because the Vikings, they've proven they, they can lose to anyone, but they can also beat anyone. What do you think? Do, yeah, are there it, any other teams? We make the game stressful on ourselves, right? The Vikings make the game stressful on us, but I'm sure we make it stressful on the other fans too. I think if I'm, I'm the two right. seed, I don't want to. I don't want to watch another Vikings game. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the it's 
as a neutral fan, it would be so fun to watch the Vikings this year because you know every every week you're just getting into a okay, all right, what's going to happen? What crazy crap is going to happen? And of course, you know, I'm at the stadium last week uh, on Thursday, and it's like I'm sitting around at halftime, like okay, they actually made a stop in the two minute before the two minute warning. They didn't allow any points. It's twenty three to nothing. Flo Rida yeah. was playing. Everyone was feeling good, <laughs> and it goes up to twenty nine nothing. It's like are they just going to do this? And no, it had to come down to the last play. I was almost doubled over in in fear but yeah even the even the seeming uh that it'd be a blowout and that's but it could happen the other way and like uh, uh, the the vikings too the vikings could be down by 29 points and make a huge run at it too because they have the the players you know that they get a couple big plays if they get a couple big stops so yeah that's uh it's always really interesting so uh before we drive ourselves too crazy with how Vikings are uh, a roller coaster every week. Um, we'll move on to a little more looking at the future, and we we touched on this a little bit. Um, of the of these three, you know, we touched on Kirk Cousins a little bit, but uh, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, and Kirk Cousins, which of those three will be part of the Vikings next year? Um. So, personally, my projection: Kirk will be a part of the Vikings, but 2022 will be his last year as a Viking. So the way the way I see it going, the Vikings for Zimmer and Spielman to keep their job, I think they need to make the playoffs. Right to make the playoffs, we need to go nine and eight functionally, and that's winning three of our last four games. Uh, right, we struggle with the Bears all the time. So while I'd count those as wins, I I don't think they're 100. percent And then we play the Rams and the Packers, who are two of the best teams in the NFL right now. So at that point, I I can't project us beating either the Rams or the Packers. And even if we beat one of them, you know, there's a solid chance we lose both Bear games. So if we don't make the playoffs, I think Zimmer and Spielman are out. Um, And if that's the case, I really think the team should reset and try to go for a quarterback in the draft or try to have a year kind of like the Eagles are doing this year where they test some things out. Maybe we get to see some Kellen Mond, but Kirk Cousins' contract is very difficult to move, right? Because it's a $35 million cap hit for the team taking it on for a quarterback who, while he's good and even very good in places, clearly has not elevated the level of the team around him, right? He doesn't have the capacity to elevate the level of the team around him. So I don't think we're going to get a Matt Stafford like Hall or even like a Carson Wentz like Hall for him. I, I maybe we get a Carson Wentz like Hall for him, but at that point, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens if we do decide to move on from him. But I, I think because of his contract, he would stick around for at least one more year and then be gone the year after, just based on the way things are looking right now. Yeah, and I mean that's for for Zimmer. I mean, I I think in reverse or it goes in reverse order of the the way that I asked the question. I think Zimmer. Even if they do make the playoffs, I mean they're they're going to have to go on an impressive run because yeah, I I think yep. nine and eight. I don't think an, I don't think an eight and nine team makes it in. I think with the the schedules that some of these teams have, and even though I think uh, you know Philadelphia and Washington are playing each other, that means one of those teams is going to be seven and seven, and you know then they have to go just five hundred or uh, just win a couple after that. So yeah, I think it's going to be three and one, and right now it's really hard to see three wins. I mean, that again, they've already beaten the Packers, but playing at Lambeau on Sunday night on, in what's probably going to be a very cold game is, is a much different animal. And the Rams showed, I think, uh, this past Sunday night that they're they might be, you know, back. They might be the the contender that the the all in uh, <laughs> that even though they they used the wrong rounders uh, gift, <laughs> they used to you know the all in yeah. with uh, with Teddy KGB who lost that hand, but uh, the. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to see. I 
I really don't see how, how Zimmer sticks around after the season. Because, again, even if they sneak in and they lose the, the the wild card game, isn't that kind of the ceiling? You know, are, are we just going to run it back? Right. That's that's. I just don't. Yeah, I, I think right. I think a, a blowing it up, like you've mentioned, is, is a lot more likely. I'm not quite as sold on Spielman leaving. It seems kind of like Zimmer and Spielman are a, a package deal, and they kind of have been. They've they made a lot of decisions together, and they've they've built this team together. I I appreciate Spielman's overall philosophy because I think he realized earlier than a lot of teams that like, hey, this is a crapshoot. We're gonna have to you know like take as many swings as you can in the draft. It's just that I think he's had too many misses on those swings. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And like you're said with cousins i think that's that's pretty much a given unless some team is really sucked in but i think cousins's resume is of of being just around 500 is probably too long to get much of a haul for him so we got yeah. uh 90 seconds left go ahead with your last one yeah so so one last word there i think you can make cases for all three to stay i think zimmer in particular his defensive coaching is a case to stay but the three together clearly hasn't worked so something probably needs to change uh, last question is, will Daniel Hunter play for the Vikings in 2020? Similar to the Kirk Cousins question. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I mean, that's depressing to think he wouldn't. You know, like, I hope so. It, it, I get like I I get the, the reasoning behind the question because I think he has an $18 million roster bonus next year. And I think the cap yep. hit is 26, $26 million. Um, So that's, that's, that's a big number for a guy that's missed – the majority of the last two years, but if he's back and healthy, I think he's worth it. Like there are a lot of other areas of this team that you could uh, kind of throw money away. But again, if it's a concern and maybe someone comes in with that, the multiple picks kind of deal for him, maybe you have to consider it. But overall, I think that I, I really hope so. And I I believe he will be. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. uh, So if we go into full blow it up mode, which I don't think we're going to as a franchise, just because I don't think the Wolves want to go there. Um, I think he's gone because we just don't want, we won't want to have that on the books. But I think based on the way things are going, like he did kind of hurt himself by staying under contract, even though he has that $18 million cap hit, he doesn't really have recourse to get off the Vikings, even if we don't want to pay him a huge contract long-term, which is what it seems he was trying to angle for. So I don't think he has the leverage to be able to get off the Vikings. And I think we'll keep him because of how talented he is as a player and what he adds to the team. Look at that debut, and he gets his last answer in right on the buzzer. That was uh, absolutely perfect. Maybe not as we. I guess we didn't go as hot takey with flip out, but it's hard to replace his his crazy opinion. So um, we. Well, before we go, we got to have a score opinion uh, or score uh, uh, guess for what. What do you? What do you? How do you think it's going to play out on Monday? Uh, on Monday, uh, I'll go twenty-four to. 17 Vikings. I don't feel great about it. It's going to be a one score game. We're going to be biting our nails at the end of it. It's, it seems like it's contractually obligated at this point. And I believe in my picks, I, I did the same thing last week, even though the, the Vikings technically beat the spread, they were within inches of, of not doing it. Um, I picked the Vikings to win, but I think the spread is currently four and a half Vikings, even with all the coordinators out and everything. I, I joked that, you know, the, with all the coordinators out, most rational fans are like, hey, what a huge advantage. And I'm like, oh, Justin Fields is going to beat us by drawing plays in the dirt. So <laughs> I, I still think the Vikings win. It's going to be, it's, it's going to cause me, it's this year, this season's already taken, I think, 15 years off my life. What's another couple? Uh, I'll say 24 22, some crazy, weird, missed extra point or two point conversion it comes down to, like always. But uh, I think they hold on and give us a little bit of hope going into that Rams game next week. 
it wouldn't be the Vikings if we didn't at least if they didn't give you hope, you know? Right. It wouldn't be exactly. That. Well, thank you once again. Uh, thanks again, Matt, for filling in. Thanks for everyone in the comments. Uh, I love them as usual. And we will see you probably next week. Hopefully we're celebrating a hopeful 500 team uh, in the Vikings uh, heading into that all-important Rams game at home next week. And uh, thanks again for watching, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you'd like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.